Open your Bibles, please, to Matthew chapter 20. Matthew chapter 20, in your Schofield Bible, page 1027. We'll be reading just one verse here. We'll be turning to another passage, in fact, two other passages. For now, Matthew chapter 20 and verse 27. Let's stand, please, for the reading of the Word of God. We will read this verse all together. Read with me, please. Ready? And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Now turn to Matthew chapter 23, verse 11. 23, 11. Let's read that likewise together. Ready? But he that is greatest among you shall be your servant. Turn now to the book of Mark, chapter 10, page 1060, 1060. Mark chapter 10, beginning with verse 42. We'll read responsibly through verse 45. But Jesus called them to him and saith unto them, Ye know that they which are accounted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so it shall not be among you, but whosoever will be great among you shall be your minister, and whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. And let's pray. Father, we want to express as best we can our gratitude for this book, this great book of yours, that which you've given us, for the fact that we need, of course, thy word, and you've preserved it so that we can have it. It's, it's a miracle. It's a blessed thing. Help us today as we learn something more from the Word of God through the man of God. Help us to have some sense of feeling as to just how important this service is. Help us to turn our attention to things spiritual and to things concerning this, thy Word, in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I'm going to tell you what's wrong with our marriages. I can give you a truth this morning that will cure 95% of all the marriage problems in the world. I'll give you a cure this morning what could salvage 95% of all the marriages before they go to the divorce court. I'll tell you what could salvage 50% or more of all the church problems we have in America. Most of the problems we have between labor and management, the truth that I'm going to give you would solve. I have no answers, but I've got a book that's full of answers. And I'm going to give you this morning a truth that you really, really ought not only just to hear, but you ought to, to seriously consider applying it and practicing it to and in your life. 
Our Heavenly Father, I pray you'd help me to be a blessing and a help. That's all I ask. Just help me to be a help. That's all I ask. Please. But I cannot be a help unless the people listen. And I cannot be a help to them unless you help me. Make me in some ways a conduit today through which will flow a truth that will give light to those at the end of it. In Jesus' name, amen. I hope you'll set up straight and listen carefully as I try to help you. I want to speak today to every person here who, who has any position of leadership. Our concept these days of leadership is perverted. Uh, without your turning to it, I think, I'll, I think I'll read with emphasis and listen as I just read these verses. But Jesus called them to him and saith unto them, You know that they which are counted to rule over the Gentiles. Now the word Gentiles there is a word that was used for uh, heathen. The Jews thought the Gentiles were heathen, and that was the word used for heathen. Like, like we say, Uncle Sam, we mean America. When they said the Gentiles, they meant heathen. Now get this. You know that they which are counted to rule over the Gentiles exercise lordship over them. He's saying here that in the, the heathen people, the leaders are lords. That's heathen. Not Christian, but heathen. And their great ones, get this now, their great ones exercise authority upon them. But so shall it not be among you. But whosoever will be the great among you shall be your minister. Now that verse is misunderstood, and I'm going to explain it to you in a few minutes. And whosoever of you will be the chiefest shall be servant of all. And then he uses Jesus as an illustration. He said, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. Now listen carefully. I want to speak to every leader here, myself first. I want to speak to all the men on the platform here, the assistant pastors. I want to speak to the administrators at the schools, the teachers in the classroom, the coaches on the field of the competition, the choir directors that direct choirs. I want to speak to parents who lead your families and husbands who lead your, your families. I want to speak to every leader here. Now, the interpretation, our interpretation of this passage is, is not right, it's erroneous. We interpret it like this. The servant is the greatest. For example, uh, whoever serves is the greatest person. Now, that's not what this verse teaches. This verse teaches that the greatest is to serve. It's not saying if you serve, you become the greatest. It means that the greatest should serve the least. Uh, Jesus uh, came to, to serve. He said the Son of Man came not to be ministered to, but to minister. But in other words, the purpose of greatness is serve. Let me see if I can, can, can clear it up a little bit. Clear it up. The person that has the greatest title, the person that has, he's talking about 
the, the, the kings and rulers back in verse 42 and 43. And he says, the person that has the greatest title is supposed to serve those who have lesser titles. Now, what does that mean? That means that the pastor is supposed to serve the members of the church. You're, we got the, all across America, preachers expect the people to serve them. But that's not Bible. I happen to have the greatest title in this church. I'm not the greatest man here, but I happen to have the greatest title in this church. There's no title in human, uh, uh, in, in human beings as, as, as lofty, as important as the title of pastor. That doesn't mean that I'm better than anybody else. It means that my title is the highest title. So since it is, the Bible says, I'm supposed to serve you. The greatest among you, and he's talking about titles and positions, should be the servant. Don't leave me now. That means the teacher is supposed to be servant of the pupils. That means the leader is to serve the follower. That means the administrator is to serve the school and the students and those who serve with him. Get this now. You're not great because you're a servant, but you're a servant because you're great. Uh, you say, well, but this guy, he serves over here. That means he's the greatest, greatest no, that's not what I'm talking about. It's talking about if you're the big shot, you're supposed to serve. Now, the heathen didn't have that. The heathen said that, this, that those who are under are supposed to serve those who are over. That's heathen. And by the way, that's your concept too. Some young, young preachers, you can't wait till you get out there and be a lord over a church. But that's not why God's putting you in that church. God's putting you in that church to serve those people. I'm saying that the, that the, the heathen, the, the highest position in the heathen is served by those of the lower positions. But Jesus said that the one in the higher position is supposed to serve the one in the lower position. Are you listening to what I'm saying? It'll change your life. It'll change your marriage. It'll change your home. Some of you dictators at home, it'll change you. Some of you that exercise lordship, I am the boss of this house. Uh, it'll change you. Let me give a very, very crude illustration. My glasses are fogging up. Let me give a, a very, very crude illustration this morning. Um, I, I am the leader at my house. I guess I still am. I heard no repercussion. I am the leader at my house. Now, since I am the leader, I'm supposed to serve. Is that right? What the Bible says. Didn't say that. It's not saying my wife serves me, so she's the greatest. No, it so happens that the word, the word father, is the, is the is the highest title in a house because it's named after God the Father. Now then, but so what is my job? Is to serve my wife. I'm not I'm not enjoying this sermon very much. Let, let me give you a very crude illustration. Years ago when Becky was a baby, that's been years and years and years ago, we were having a Thanksgiving dinner. And uh, Becky's uh, diaper needed changing. There were certain ways we could tell that. And uh, her diaper needed changing. Now, I'm not kidding. My wife said this is true. At our house, if, if, if one of the kids' diaper needed changing... And I knew it. I changed the diaper. So I got up and I changed Becky's diaper. If I'm home, 
and and so forth. I'm a, I'm a wonderful husband. I didn't hear any. Amen. But anyway, I I uh, I, I changed the diaper. Now about an hour later, uh, Becky uh, needed uh, you know uh, he changed it again. Miss Howe said, Jack, go change Becky. I didn't. She said again, go change Becky. I didn't. And if she hadn't changed Becky at that time, Becky would, she's, Becky's 45 now, she'd still have her diaper on. And Miss Howe wouldn't change Becky. Why? Because, uh, because I was ordered to change her. Now the next time her diaper got dirty, Ms. House said, I'll get it. I said, never mind, I'll get it. Uh, I'm the leader of our house. But when we finish lunch today, I'll do the dishes. And Ms. House said, do those dishes, Jack. I, 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 the dishes would never get done, but I do the dishes uh, every Sunday at noon. I also do them Sunday morning after breakfast. I also do them on Saturday, three times on Friday, but no, I, but, but I, I, I serve Mrs. Howes. I think she'll, she'll agree that I, I serve her. If, I, if, if she doesn't agree to it, I'll exercise lordship over her. But, but the, the whole simple truth is that Christianity is not, let me, let me give you what leadership is. Follow me carefully. Leadership is when you serve one so well, God gives you two to serve. And then you serve two so well, God gives you four to serve. And you serve four so well, God gives you eight to serve. When I had a little church in the country, 19 members, I was their servant. And I explained in a few minutes how I, how I served. I was their servant. So God gave me a little larger church to serve that grew to 500 members. So God gave me a little larger church to serve that grew to 4,000 members. So God gave me a little larger opportunity to serve, so this church now has tens of thousands of members. Now, so, see, what you want is you want a promotion of authority. But God doesn't give promotion of authority. God gives promotion of opportunity to serve. What you want is a big title so you can be the boss man. God doesn't like boss men, and God doesn't have boss men. God has servants. And the job of the leader is to serve the follower. Let me give you three statements. Follow me carefully. Leadership was created to serve. You heard me say this when I teach uh, uh, about government. Government was made for three purposes. The government of the United States is supposed to fill three purposes. Number one, to protect our person. Number two, to protect our property. And number three, to protect our freedom. That's all that government's supposed to do. And that, that means that my police department is protecting my personal safety and the safety of my family. Consequently, the police department is serving. The fire department is for the protection of my property and my person, and they're serving. Now, uh, here's what happens. Leadership was created to serve, not educate. Government was never intended to educate. The public school system is anti-Bible. I mean, the very fact that God, government never was supposed to educate. 
government is supposed to protect my freedom, my person, and my property, and it's not the business of the government to educate my children. You say, whose business is it? The family originally, and the church later on. And either mom, and listen, if you have kids in public school, I'm not mad at you, I love you, I'm proud to be your pastor, but it's not scriptural. It's not scriptural. I mean, the family and the church is given the, op the, the responsibility of education, and you ought to be educated by your parents or your church, one or the other, and not with the United States government. But see, it evolved into that. So what happened? Leadership was created to serve. Number two, it evolves in the lordship. That happens in the home. It happens in the church. They're all over America. People come to hear me preach, and boy, I'll skin the folks and everything, and they'll say, well, Brother House, why do your people keep you? Why don't they fire you? I don't know why they don't fire me, because you know I'm here not to be Lord over you, but to serve you. When I, when I preach against sin, I'm not trying to be Lord over you and control you. I'm trying to warn you about things that will wreck your life. I'm serving you. So I'm saying, first, leadership was created to serve. Second, it evolves into lordship. Third, then the follower serves the leader. You don't believe it? Look at the president of our nation. He is being served. His job is to serve. And then, decay. Here's, here's the, here's the uh, trend. Leadership created to serve. It evolves into lordship. Then the follower serves the leader. And then the home decays. The church decays. The state decays. The government decays. Because the follower is serving the leader when God said the leader is supposed to serve the follower. And Ian used our Lord Jesus as the example. He didn't come to be Lord over us. He came to serve us. Now, you can do a lot worse off than copy Jesus. You tyrannical fathers, these tyrannical pastors, these tyrannical officers. Let me give you a couple of illustrations. Well, you listen carefully. I'll, I'll, I'll learn you something this morning. Listen carefully. When I was Southern Baptist, and I've been forgiven for that, when I was Southern Baptist, they had what they called the district missionary. They divided the area of a state up into districts, geographical districts, and they had a district missionary. You know what his job was? His job was to start churches in that, in that geographical area. So um, they started churches. And then, a little, little, little while, these churches, they started uh, the pastor would leave, and they'd need, need, need another pastor. They'd call this district missionary and ask him to recommend somebody, and he would. Then after a while, he thought he was supposed to recommend somebody. Now then, you go down to Texas, where I used to serve, where they called them district missionaries. They, they now call them district superintendents. What's happened? The job of the highest title was created to serve. Boy, I'd like to get some of you dads who, and husbands who won't I'm, I'll tell you, I'm the boss. Oh, God, help have mercy on your soul. You misunderstand the whole thing. You be the right kind of leader, your wife will let you be the boss. You have a spiritual... And by the way, she ought to anyway, but let me give you another illustration. Government was made three purposes. Protect my person, protect my property, and protect my freedom. I was in Florida church down there put up a sign. I mean, just a sign, like First Baptist Church or Calvary Baptist, put up a sign. And the local government came and said, you've got to have flowers around that sign. 
Now, that is none of the cotton-picking business of the local government. It's not your job to tell the church whether it has flowers around its sign or not. Breakfast church puts some flowers around the sign. True story. Anytime I tell a true story, I like to let you know. And so then the government, the, the, the city officials came back and said, you didn't put the right kind of flowers around the sign. I'm talking about a true story. They had to dig up those flowers and then put the kind of flowers. I mean, if they wanted petunias and daffodils and mums, they had, they, uh, they put that. Then when they did that, the government came back, the city government came back and said, you didn't have enough of each flower. We want to tell you how many of each flower to put around your sign. Now, that's what happened. This, this, the government was made to protect the person, protect the property, and protect the freedom. And now it's telling you how many flowers to put on your sign. It's none of the government's business. I can take you to church in Virginia. was going to build a building. And, of course, the government tells you how to build it. Um, so, uh, for example, you know there's a law now in some areas that says if you build a building, you've got to have an elevator that goes up to the baptistry. We're not going to do that. That's why we start sprinkling next Sunday instead of immersion. Nobody's home this morning, are you? But, but I'm saying that this church in, 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 in Virginia, they built the building, and then the, the city officials said, you've got to put trees to cover up your building. And they made them the city officials. Now, uh, I, I wish we had the whole city council here this morning. I'd like to say it in their presence. It is not anybody's business whether you put trees on your property or not, how many flowers you put on your property? You're there to serve. You're not there to be Lord. But the heathen of that way, and Jesus said, the heathen, the big shot, is the Lord over the follower. But he said, I said to you, the fellow has the highest title, he is supposed to be servant of all. Let me illustrate. For 38 years, I've been your pastor. I have served you. Let me give you some ways. I've sat in my office behind the desk and counsel with you, tried to salvage your marriages and help you salvage your children and counsel with you. I've been serving you as your counselor. No charge, by the way. I have been serving you when I challenge you. I challenge you to do more for God. I challenge you to be a good husband. I challenge you to be a good wife. I'm serving you. I serve you when I teach you the Bible. I study this book, and God knows I do. I study this book, and I serve you the Bible truth that I learn. I serve you by encouraging you. I serve you by warning you about sin and what will wreck your life. I serve you by, by, by starting and maintaining a place to educate your children and doing what I can to walk guard around these institutions so that place will be the same kind of institution for the next generation it is for this generation. I'm serving you. I'm serving you by, by keeping the doors open in this church. I'm serving you by providing avenues of service. I'm serving you by praying for you. I'm serving you by, by studying. I'm simply saying, you don't need up here a fellow who's the boss and says, this is the way it's going to be. You don't need that. You need somebody that's doing the best he can to serve you, and you have confidence in him that he's serving you well. Thirty-eight years ago, we had a vote in this church. I'd, I'd just come. Church's American Baptist Convention had liberal tendencies and very formal, and I changed some things. Some of the people didn't like that. Several hundred didn't like it.
So we had a vote. But if you, if you will check the minutes of our church, that vote was not whether I stay or leave. They did not vote on me. I said to the people, this is the way I'm going to serve you. If you want this and this and this, then you vote. We voted on issues, and I said, if, I, if the issues lose the vote, I'm leaving because I cannot serve you unless I think it's a scriptural New Testament Baptist church. But we did not vote on whether I was going to be boss of the church or not. And churches all across America, the people would not rally to fight against the preacher if the preacher could boss in the church. Let him just be the leader of the church and let him serve the people. And the same is true for you bosses at work. And the same is true for you in your marriage. And the same is true in your home. I'm trying to say that Jesus said, if you're the kind of guy that's bossing, then you're like the heathen. He said the boss man ought to serve the fellow who's the follower. I'm going to surprise you now. The word... Leader is not mentioned one time in the New Testament. I said the word leader is not mentioned one time in the New Testament. The word servant is mentioned in the singular 69 times in the New Testament. Hey, you male chauvinist pigs. And by the way, I am one when it comes to my belief that the man should be the head of the house, and a woman shouldn't be a mayor, and a woman shouldn't be vice president, and a woman shouldn't be secretary of state, and a woman shouldn't sit on a court bench. Oh, I'm not sure shooting. I'll be judged by a woman next time I go to court. But, but I still believe it. I, I believe it. But I'm trying to say it's not the job of the husband to be the dictator sitting high and mighty on his royal throne. You do this, you do this. I'm the boss of this house. That's what the heathen do. Moses was never called a leader, but he was called a servant. Paul was never called a leader, but he was called a servant. James was never called a leader, but he was called a servant. John was never called a leader, but he was called a servant. Joshua was never called a leader, but he was called a servant. And by the way, he was a general of the army. Elijah was never called a leader, but he was called a servant. Jonah was never called a leader, but he was called a servant. Abraham was never called a leader, but he was called a servant. Caleb was never called a leader, but he was called a servant. Hezekiah the king was never called a leader, but he was called a servant. Job was never called a leader, but he was called a servant. Isaiah was never called a leader but he was called a servant. Jacob was never called a leader, but he was called a servant. Samuel was never called a leader, but he was called a servant. King David was never called a leader, but he was called a servant. And Jesus himself said he came to serve. Now let me say it again. You folks that have the highest titles, the Bible says are to serve those have the lesser titles. Take them on this platform. This man right here serves you. That's his job. He spends his entire life. His title, his title is next to mine. Associate pastor of the largest church in America. What does he do? 
spends his life serving you. And that's Bible. I know people, preachers, if I were to die today, I promise you there'd be 500 young preachers who want to have my ball, my title. But the truth is, not many of them understand what the title, what the qualifications or the duties of the title really is. This man right here, he serves you. Well, he doesn't serve you. Well, he serves you, sort of. I mean, um, he serves what's left of you. In our cemetery, uh, he serves you. This man right here serves the sailors. This man right here serves our young people. This man right here, he's in charge of the academics at Howells Henderson College. What's he doing when he's drawing up the schedule? He's drawing up, he's serving you so you'll know what to take. What's he doing when he plans the academics of the college? He's planning to serve you with truth. And on and on it goes. All these men are serving you. Now, his title is associate pastor. Here's his vice president. Here's his principal. Here's his, uh, uh, uh something. And, and so forth. And, uh, here's his chairman of the deacons. And uh, here's his head of the bus ministry. And here's the assistant pastor. And here's the assistant pastor. And he's principal of the school. And he's the assistant superintendent. All of them have big titles, but none of them is supposed to be a lord or a boss. That's the way the heathen do. It'll change your marriage. It'll change your home. It'll change your family. It'll change anybody's church if you quit being big shots and realize that a big title is simply a license to be a servant. A leader is one who serves so well that he's given more people to serve. Somebody says, boy, he's a natural leader. No, he's not. If he's any good at all, he's a natural server. And God finds somebody who will serve and gives them the big titles. One of my favorite stories is this. You folks have been here for years and heard it, but I love this story. When Dr. Ari Torrey was president of the Bible Institute, he uh, was, went out west, took a trip and preached out west. I bear in mind, didn't have airplanes in those days. And he took a train out west and preached out west and came back to the Institute and stayed about a day and had to take a trip out east to preach out there. President of the Moody Bible Institute, Dr. Torrey, called a young man and said, Son, do me a favor. Would you mind taking my clothes to get them, get them cleaned and pressed? And would you mind having my shoes shined? I get this. The young man said, Who do you think I am? Your servant? And Dr. Torrey said, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have asked you. Another student at Moody Institute overheard the conversation. He said, Dr. Torrey, could I get your clothes cleaned and pressed? Could I shine your shoes? And Dr. Torrey, Torrey reluctantly allowed him to do so. His name? was James M. Gray. James M. Gray became later the president of Moody Bible Institute. If you'll drive down LaSalle Street and see at Moody Bible Institute Auditorium, it says Tory Gray Auditorium. God looked down and saw a young man who had uh, a, a title of some kind, but wanted to be a servant, and God said, I'll give you more to serve. He served him. I'll give you more to serve. He served him. I'll give you more to serve. Ladies and gentlemen, the trouble with the United States government is the fact that we have not realized that 
God's plan is for the folks who have the titles to serve. It's not the mayor's job to boss you. It's his job to serve you. It's not the president's job to boss you. It's his job to serve you. The fellow that has the title, the greatest, he's talking about titles here. He said the heathen, those who have the lesser titles, they serve those who have the greater titles. It's not their job. It is the title job of the great one who has the great titles to be servant. I just don't see that. I know you don't, hot shot. Because you want somebody to boss. I'm going to make a statement that every man on this platform will agree with. The thing I like the least about my job is sometimes I have to boss. I don't like to boss. And they'll say this. Brother Howells would rather withdraw than to boss. I don't like the boss. And anybody that does like the boss, get this statement. Anybody that does like the boss is not fit to be a father. He's not fit to be a pastor. He's not fit. I like the term public servant. It'll change your marriage. It'll change your family. It'll change your business. It'll change a nation. America is languishing today on the brink of catastrophe because we have changed God's plan for servitude. I said a while ago, it's the job of the city hall. It's the job of the state capitol. It's the job of Washington, D.C. to protect my person, protect my property, and protect my freedom. Now they want to tell churches where they can locate. You can't put a church here. Well, who said so? Whoever, whoever, whoever said that government's supposed to tell you where you can put a church? Now, government is supposed to take care of the health laws so it'll keep us well. Government is supposed to take care of traffic laws and control them so it'll keep us safe. With the title, <laughs> listen to me, don't, don't miss this. I'm considered the leader of our brand of independent Baptist fundamentalism. I guess it's because I'm the oldest guy on the block. And our church is large, and this church, I'm, I'm considered the leader. Now hear me carefully. Do you know that my sermons are being preached all over America right now? At this moment. You know why? They get my tapes. Somebody asked Mike Haynes, where do you get your sermons? He started singing, I just heard from Hammond, and this one thing I know. My sermons are prepared. To the post office I will go. Now, you see the house that upset you? I, I preached the other day in a certain place, and the fellow right before me preached one of my sermons almost word for word. I mean, he used... He would use my illustrations and put his name in them. You say, does that make you upset? Not at all. I rejoice because I've been around a long time. I've studied a long time. I know something about the Bible and how to study it. And I delight in being able to serve my preacher brethren with sermon ideas. By the way, that's why my books aren't copyrighted. The printer puts it in there, but my books aren't copyrighted. 
I hope somebody will get one of my books one day and make $10 million spreading them all over the country. I'm interested in truth getting spread. I'm not interested in making any money. I'm serving my brethren. We're on the airplane flying to the Philippines. Dr. Mike Haynes and John Vaprazan, Bob Gray and Bill Burr. Remember that sermon I preached the other day? Um, I wrote the book. Remember that? I remember that. I wrote the book. I overhauled that and preached it in a conference this last week down in Longview, Texas. I got through. Bill Burr said, would it be okay if you if I memorized that and preached it all across the country? I said, sure. That means I can't. So he's going to, I worked to get that sermon up. You say, Brother House, doesn't that infuriate? It blesses the fire out of me. We're going to the Philippine Islands. There was Bill Burr and Bob Gray and Mike Haynes and Tom Neal and John Vaprazan. We're in, in, in this section of the airplane. They were all sound asleep. We had to fly through the night. I stayed awake. In fact, Ray Young was part of the group. I stayed awake studying. One of the fellows woke up and said, For the house, won't you get some sleep? And Bob Gray said, Leave him alone. He's getting my sermon for next year. <laughs> Mike Haynes uses my Sunday school outlines. I'm getting a few things off my chest this morning. He uses my Sunday school outlines. Doesn't. Doesn't put my name on them, puts his name up at the top. He just edits them, but he forgot to the other day, edited it right, and it said when I was a paratrooper in World War II. He wasn't even born in World War II. People say, Brother House, doesn't that upset you? No, sir. In the first place, I'm honored. In the second place, it's my job not to get a bunch of good sermons and keep them. It's my job to get some truth and spread it everywhere. I don't care who spreads it, brother. I want the truth spread. It's my job to be a servant. I'm talking to some people this morning. Yes, your wife ought to obey you because the Bible says so. But the fact that you have the top title means you're supposed to be the servant. Yes, you're on the staff of First Baptist Church. Your title is principal or vice president or associate pastor. Yes, that's the higher title than a member or Sunday school teacher. But the higher title... Is supposed, is supposed to serve the lower title. Now, I put my finger this morning on trouble that was the trouble of our entire society. Our society is crumbling because the fellow with the lowest title is serving the fellow with the highest title. When our God said, that's the way the heathen do it. God said, the way I do it is he that is the mayor serves the citizens. He who is the teacher serves the pupils. He who is the pastor serves the members. And then he said, let me give you myself as an example. The Son of Man, the Son of God, the Creator of the universe. All things are made by him. Without him was not anything made that was made. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, the great I am, the eternal, preexistent Son of God, God incarnate, who has a title above the heavens. He said came to serve you. Why don't you copy him? 
Would you buy your hits, please? 